At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another very special edition of Messi & Co. It's been a couple of months now, and this is already our second cup final preview. I can't say that I was fully expecting this, but man, what a turnaround from from weeks prior, years prior with Inter Miami. They're taking on Houston Dynamo tomorrow night, Wednesday night, or tonight, depending on when you're listening, in the U.S. Open Cup final. This is our preview show here on the Five Reasons Sports Network and Messi and Co. Gian, Ashley, and myself here to inform you guys and give us or give you guys all of our thoughts on everything that's to come for tomorrow or tonight, depending on when you're listening. And man, we got kind of some interesting tidbits from training earlier on Tuesday, obviously with the lack of availability for Sergio Busquets, Messi, and Jordi Alba against Orlando. They still get points, but in reality, it wasn't the breathtaking performance that you would expect with those three star-studded names on the pitch. So we'll give you guys all of our thoughts on what's to come and what to expect on Wednesday. Uh, and Gian, this is where we're going to start with you. Tata Martino sat down and spoke with the media today. There was a overwhelming issue and something that kind of took over the press conference. Um, tell us, tell us all about it and what you heard from Tata Martino uh, earlier, earlier on Tuesday. So, as expected, <laughs> as we all expected, most of the questions were surrounding Messi's injury or, or, or quote-unquote injury, um, what's going on with Alba, why they why they came out early, are they going to be available, did they train today? So, again, that was the entire press conference with a few tidbits of other, other types of questions. But, you know, people were wondering because the media showed up. They didn't see Messi on the field. They were worried. And Tata ended up letting them know that, yeah, maybe just because you didn't see them doesn't mean they weren't there. So as soon as media availability was over – that's when Jordi Alba and Messi hit the field. So that was good news to see that they actually were able to train with the team. That was important. Now, the big question was, is he, because he trained, because Messi Alba trained, are they, not Messi Alba, Jordi Alba uh, trained, are they going to be playing the game tomorrow? That was a big, big doubt. And uh, basically, uh, Tata made it known that Messi is going to be a game time decision. They'll see tomorrow how he feels regards to Alba, they said he said it'd be a lot more difficult to see him touch the field tomorrow. So, I mean, we'll talk about it. I don't know if he's going to be part of the game plan tomorrow. It seems very unlikely that he will. And then as far as kind of, I, th I think that, you know, a lot of the talk has been, it's been a bit mysterious about Messi. Is he injured? Is he not injured? What is he going through? Is it fatigue? Is it muscle-wise? Is it ligament-wise? What is going on? Is he going to need surgery? And Tata was asked about that. Like, why is there such such a kind of mysterious aura around what's going on? And to which he responded, you know, it's not necessarily mysterious. It's not like, I don't want to let you guys know. It's not like we're trying to keep it from you. But 
at the end of the day, this is about game planning. And I don't want to let the opposing team know what is going on so that they're not able to game plan ahead of time. It's going to remain more of a mystery to them. Uh, and then obviously we know how lax it is as far with the MLS as far as uh, really being able to reveal what's going on. But as he said, it's not something that requires surgery. So that was really important to know that it, it, it doesn't seem that serious. And then in regards to the remainder of the season, I know there's also been a lot of speculation, especially when trying to figure out what is the priority. Is the priority the cup? Is the priority the, the, the season? That's something that we've even spoken about on this podcast. And in reality, he, he that, that said, if Messi feels good, he's going to play the rest of the season. Like That's not something that we're going to uh, just give up on. Right now, we're taking everything step by step. First, it was the League's Cup. We took care of that. Now it's the U.S. Open Cup final. We're focused on that. And once that's done, our next goal is the MLS, uh, making the MLS playoffs or making MLS playoffs. So that kind of answers the question as to does this team want to make the playoffs? They do. Is that one of their priorities or their goals? It is. Is Messi going to play if that's still mathematically possible? It seems like he will. So all in all, there's some really interesting points, some interesting things that we were able to take out of that press conference. And I'm sure we'll have fun talking about that right now. Yeah. So let's let's go down the list. And as interesting as it was, we didn't even get like anything definitive. It was just like yeah. something. <laughs> we're still left questioning what's going to happen uh, on the night of the final. And we'll just start with this. Messi's availability, right? I, I It's been a question mark and something that everybody has been grasping at thin air to try and figure out since the Ecuador uh, World Cup qualifier back earlier this month of September. He misses out on the Bolivia game. He comes back to Inter-Miami, doesn't play against Atlanta, and then doesn't play against Orlando. I might be missing a game in there at some point, but there are games that he missed out on. There's a game that he tried to play and came off in 30-something minutes. I think from the get-go, given all the different type of quotes that we heard and and you know just everything that was coming out in the media, this probably was an injury from the start. I think that there might have been something going on. Now, granted, maybe it wasn't necessary. He might have just been hurt rather than it being an injury where he really needed to like take time. There's obviously no surgery involved, as Gian mentioned. But there must have been something going on. And this is not reporting. This is just speculation. Let me get out in front and say that this is I, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows besides Inter Miami, besides Messi's camp. I don't think that people really understand what's going on. It's not been made available. But from the outside perspective, I can't think of it being anything else. I understand that they tried to call it fatigue. I understand that they kind of tried to call it tiredness. They even you know, could have said something about um, you know, game management. But in reality, I don't think that Messi was able to go. I think he tried to give it a go, and it didn't work out, and they were as cautious as possible, and that might have been the right move. However, leading up to a final, you want to you have these answers, and that's why all this time I do think as much as I didn't think prior, I thought it was him just resting. Um, I do think that there might have been some sort of muscular injury involved in all of this. And I think that that's why it's been such a um, it's a it's a subject that has been controversial. It's a subject that has been widely covered, but still, again, no answers. And going into the final, it's something really, really hard to discuss because we just we just don't know. Ashley, are you kind of in the same boat there? You think it's been an injury from the start? And what do you think? Um, is you know 
kind of the outcome come Wednesday night in terms of where Messi will be selected, whether it's on the bench or, or in the starting lineup. Yeah, so I I feel similarly in the in the fact that I I don't necessarily think it was a new injury, but I think it, it was a flare up of an old injury and and he felt like soreness or like a little pull from it, meaning and I think that's kind of how they've gotten away with saying how they have and how, you know, the Argentina camp, same thing. It was it was an existing quote unquote issue maybe and it, it flared up so they were treating it day by day and that's that's what I think it is I um in terms of tomorrow I still I'll be completely honest even if signs don't point maybe that way or however they're trying to temper expectations I would still be very surprised if he doesn't start tomorrow I just would be I, I know it's you know call me crazy but it's a final and it's messy. I just don't see him not if he's available. I just don't see him not starting. I yeah, you no, know, that's but but again, we don't know the severity. We saw the video of him today, like you know, walking pretty casually up and down a bleacher, up and down the bleachers, which makes me think that I don't know someone who's hurt wouldn't do that. I'm I just feel strongly about that. I don't like walking on bleachers when I'm perfectly healthy. So you know, um, yeah, so. I mean, could he come off the bench? Could he be a second half, you know, uh, thing that they're planning for sure? But just off of my gut and what I think, I think he's going to start. But you you don't know until you know. I, I, think, the team, yeah. I think the team actually never I, – I think the team was pretty certain that he was okay to play for um, last game against Toronto before he went out. I think that Messi thought he was ready to play last game. Uh, Messi knows his body better, better than anybody else. Tata is not going to risk him if he doesn't think that he's available. One of the things that were was asked of him was, in retrospect, do you think it was a mistake for you to put Messi in that game against Toronto, to which he said, you know, in, at that moment in time, he said he felt okay. He said he felt ready to play. We man, we We made sure to pay attention to him coming the last 48 hours going into the game, we made sure, you know, we put him through what we needed to make sure that he was available. And and he, the team, the doctors, everybody felt that he was ready to play. So I I think that he went in there in good condition and it's just, it just so happened that something old came back up. I think for those of us that have played sports before, we know that that's possible. You think you're ready to play. You And I, we mentioned this in another podcast, you, you train, but there's nothing like playing an actual game. So I think that although he might have felt well in training and exercising and doing all that sort of stuff, when it came down to the game, he felt something and he was very cautious and said, get me out of here. So um, I think that he I think he'll play tomorrow. I, I think if especially being a final, they asked that is if it wasn't a final, would he play? He said no. So I think that you know, given that, I think that because of the magnitude of the game, because Messi wants to come in in his first season and win cups to prove that he well not he's already proven he's the best player, to, but to prove that he's still in tip top shape and still in great condition. And he's still one of the he's still the top player, despite his age. I think that he wants to go in there and, and win another one for Miami. So I I don't know if he's going to start. I agree. I think with what Ashley said, if he doesn't start, he's going to get at least some minutes in the second half, which we've seen. He doesn't need that much time in a game to kind of uh, leave his mark. 
Ted, give yeah. him 15, 20 minutes. He'll 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 make sure he he puts a big impact on the game. Two things, two things I want to add. Just to to have some backing to what you said or to what Tata said earlier about the Toronto game. He said after the match that it was their plan to play him the full 90 minutes. It wasn't an, it wasn't a plan to take him off early at all. So that kind of tells you enough in terms of okay, they thought he was ready to go and they wouldn't have risked it if they thought that there was if they thought they needed to take him off with, you know, 60 minutes going into the game. So I think that that was enough to go ahead and prove that point. And it was just unfortunate the way that it happened where he did have to come off early. And I also want to touch on Gian, what you said about Tata Martino and how he mentioned that if it wasn't a final, that Messi probably wouldn't be playing to me, that points all fingers to him coming off the bench. I really think that, it kind of they understand the magnitude of the game. Obviously, it's a game that they want to win, and I believe they probably have pressure. And I've talked about this before. They have pressure on the ownership to try and win this game at home for the first time. Getting to lift the trophy would be amazing. Um, this is their one chance to do it in this calendar year. Uh, so I think that they're going to go ahead and go for it. And I think that there is going to be some risk involved playing Lionel Messi because of the injury and because of everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks. And so it doesn't necessarily make a hundred percent sense to go into it like you did the Toronto game and expect them to play the 90 minutes. If there's something lingering, because you've already seen what happens if you go ahead and do that. So maybe you play them in the back half of the game. Maybe if you're winning three nil in 60 in minute 60, you don't even play him at all. I think that there are going to be questions about his, you know, starting availability. And I'm sure that some people will want to see him start when they see his name on the bench and they're going to say, why isn't he starting? Why isn't he starting? But in reality, this team is still competitive. Maybe, I, I don't know if they're going to be final competitive, but I, I think that they have shown, especially against a tough Orlando side away, that there are more than enough bodies to go ahead and, and make results happen. You have Sergio Busquets, who is not all but confirmed to play. He will be there. We'll talk about Jordy in a second, but I think that that gives a boost to the midfield and something that they were missing in the last match. So I really think that Messi comes off the bench in this one. I agree, Gian. Um, I, I don't know if he'll, I, I don't, I really don't believe that he's going to start. And if he does, I will be a little bit surprised. Yeah. However, I would be pretty happy if he does. Yeah. No, and to what you said about the risks, Tata acknowledged that it was a risk putting Messi in the game. He acknowledged that very clearly and he said that that's a risk that they're willing to take because of the magnitude of the game so which is exactly the the right i i don't know if it's necessarily the right thing to do but if you are going to bring in a 50 million dollar a year player and you have a chance at a final this is the time to risk it like there is no yeah. other time throughout the season that you're going to have unless they make the final on december 9th for mls cup this is the time to do it. You have one game. You have 90 minutes to lift a trophy at home at Drive Pink Stadium. It's never been done before, and it probably wasn't going to be thought to be done before until Messi came here. If there's a chance at him being able to go and contribute, he will go and contribute. I think he's competitive enough. He's shown the competitive spirit down here in Miami. He's wanted to win. He's wanted to play. I'm sure that he was the one pushing to play against Toronto. I don't see him missing out on this game entirely unless it's kind of just a wash and into Miami are, you know, blowing away Houston Dynamo, which honestly, Houston's played very well the last couple of games. We'll talk about that later on, but it'll be hard to do, but it's still a possibility. So there's that's, that's really quickly, though. That's that's kind of like what we're going to have to see. It's because you can see both sides of the coin where it makes 
maybe quote unquote more sense for him to come off the bench and either play the full second half or, you know, 60 minute or from the 60 minute mark. But then you risk a good team in form coming in, you know, being two or three nil up and then trying to bring Messi in to chase the game back and risking him in, in you know, a system that he'd have to be running much harder or whatever the case may be. And, and so, yeah, I think it's a real, it's, it's a coin toss. Like I, I can see either happening. And I, I think though, you know, that is a competitive advantage. That's kind of what you want in terms of for us, for the opponent, if we have no idea what the hell is going to happen, I can't imagine they do either. And that's kind of, you know, game planning for Messi, where, you know, I, I think we're going to go into what we expect starting lineups and formations. But I think with or without Messi, you see two completely different starting formations for for Tata and that it's a big competitive advantage. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And it, you saw the difference in, you know, kind of style and formation with the game against Orlando excuse me, and what they tried to do against Toronto when Messi and Alba started. There, there was a big, big difference there, and it will change the landscape of the game almost entirely. So that it'll, it'll be interesting to watch. And we're going to start to talk a little bit about that right now because with Jordi Alba, Gian, correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of under the assumption that he's probably doubtful to play on Wednesday, at least yeah. from the get-go, correct? From, that's what, from what Data said, that it's just, it, he, his words exactly were – Messi, we're, it's going to be day-to-day, so we'll see tomorrow if he can play. When it comes to Alba, it's a bit more difficult for him to play. So from from those exact words, I gather that it's very doubtful that we'll see him. Yeah, and, and I, I think that, you know, it's rough because, again, we don't know what's going on. It has to be some sort of an, an injury. Um, but without Jordi Alba, I'm not going to go out and say, and I think that we can all say this, that first half against Orlando was – really good defensive first half. I, I yeah. thought that what they did was was smart. You know, you saw Taylor at left wing back. You saw Noah Allen slotted in as a third center back and a left back at times, depending on how the formation shifted on or off the ball. Um, I thought that what they have going right now is decent. So as much as Jordi Alba is a loss, they've proved that they can compensate with the loss of Jordi Alba, especially from the back. Ashley, with this lineup that we saw against Orlando with Kamal Miller not playing, where are you kind of leaning towards if Jordi Alba is to not play? Do we see the same thing that we saw against Orlando? Or do you think that he goes with the three strong center backs given, of course, the magnitude of the game? I shouldn't say strong. I should say veteran center backs without Noah Allen with like a miller Kristoff aviles partnership. I guess Aviles isn't even that veteran either because he's only 19. But said to have the better stature, size, and you know experience, you know playing in in South America. Where do you see this backline shaping up, or how do you see this backline shaping up for Tata Martino without Jordi Alba? Yeah, it's. I mean, I also do we a hundred percent know the status of Christoph? Seems to be okay. Seems I don't know okay. if it was asked today, but um, you know, as we were recording that post game uh, show on or in Orlando, I, I saw. There was also there was a video that Frank Copanizo posted of, of them in the locker room of him giving a thumbs up. But he also did the same thing. He was walking off the field and the guy that normally stands or he was the guy that does the camera on the sideline where the fourth referee is. When I watched him walking off, he asked him something and I saw Kristoff give him the thumbs up as well. And like he pointed to his head or something and Kristoff gave him the thumbs up. So I'm hoping, you know, that's really hard to, to take. You know, you got to take it with a grain of salt, of course. And, and it, it's hard to look at, but it wasn't asked. So we really don't know, but 
I do think that Kristoff does play. And if not, then you still have three center backs you could throw out there, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I do think it's going to be dependent on if he's 100% good to go. I don't know. You know, similar to what happened in Orlando, it. I think we we got the point that in the end seemed like it fit the game well. But, you know, same thing with Toronto. Like, we, we, we risked it where we had to make substitutions that we probably weren't planning on making. And with the final especially if you're not 100% sure on Messi, if he either is going to start and play the full 90 or if he's going to come off the bench and you need that substitution window. I don't know if they're going to start Kristoff. Like, I don't know if they want to risk being, you know, having to forfeit game plans based on injury or a headache or things like that. So if he plays and he starts and he's perfectly good to go, I think it's going to be a back five. If he doesn't, I think it's going to be a back four. And I also think it's, dependent on Messi. I, this is going to be one of those situations where I I like don't give perfect answers because Yeah, no there's there's no there's so many unknowns. Yeah, there's but too many variables. I will say this, I can I think that 100% you will see uh, a back a back four of uh Allen, Yedlin, Aviles and Miller. And if there's going to be a fifth or not, I think it's it's that's where things are kind of a question of who's going to play, who's not going to play. Who are they going to, you know, I think Ryan Saylor played really good, in my opinion, on Sunday. Like if they want, they could slot him in for a back five. But I can say those other four, I would be sh- like, I'd be shocked if Kamal Miller is not starting tomorrow. I would be yeah. as shocked as possible. No, I really, he's him and Aviles, that's that's the center back pairing they want to go. I, I know we sort of disagree on if you think he was rested or if he was dropped. I really think he was rested on Sunday. I think he is the mm-hmm. starting center back for this team and he has put in so many minutes that they were just trying to do some rotations but he is I think to them the safer secure option in in the back lineup so so that's my answer I think definitely I can guarantee for the fifth one is going to be very dependent on who else is playing in the game and Kristoff's health yeah we do we do disagree we disagree Uh, I know for sure because I I I do believe that Kamal Miller was dropped um I I think that he's. Yeah, and you can be the tiebreaker. What do you think? <laughs> I, so, you know me, fingers crossed it's not a back line of five. I despise that line <laughs> so much. Did you uh, not like what you saw against Orlando, though, Gian? I, I, well, I think that I, I was okay with it because it oh, was. Uh, yeah, because Taylor, because t- it was like a, it was like a hybrid back yeah, line sure, of five. Sure. So, I, I think that as needed, it became five. And then when, when. But that's, that's the beauty of it because you have players like. <laughs> Robert but that Taylor was a game that they weren't a hundred percent. You didn't know exactly what the you know what they were going yeah, for. But this it's is Taylor. the final where you need to win. Like yeah. this isn't this is a no, game where sure. you kind of you put your best. But it's it's Taylor. So that's why I was more okay with it because it's Taylor. Because I didn't want to see where it's like Noah on the left, and then you've got. Christoph, Iris, and Miller as a three CBs. And yeah, I don't got think that's going to happen. That's no, Alan's like never played as the left the... back in a back five. No, yeah. Alan's never played as the left back or left wing back in the back yeah, five. Yeah, but there's a lot of players that, that have never played various positions in Inter-Miami. Like and Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Taylor. I mean, I think he's his next spot is going to be goalie for the way he's going. Like, <laughs> that's the only one he probably there. hasn't played. <laughs> yeah, but, so, but no, yeah, you have a point there. But like, I think that that's where... Like that would be ultimate nightmare for me because that's that would be ultra defensive. So that's why I guess that while I don't want to see that five, Robert Taylor kind of makes it 
uh, bearable for me because again, he'll he's more hybrid and he'll he'll attack. But I think that even though you know, I, I guess if we say maybe Alba isn't going to be there tomorrow, I think that at least we I feel like we can still do a backline of four, knowing that Busquets is back in. Uh, and it does hurt, obviously. Alba is the general in that backline, but at least you have Busquets coming in and he's going to be able to help uh, defensively without Alba. And then I think, especially if Messi doesn't start, I think you need Robert Taylor up front, especially if Messi doesn't start. Mm -hmm. I know that he's, I know he's more comfortable on that left side, but I think that you, if Messi's not there from the start, you're going to need Robert Taylor up there. So then what do you, if that's the case, what do you do with, with a back line of five? If it's, maybe it's Noah, maybe, I don't know. Then it becomes too defensive in my opinion. So, I'll say this with, with what we saw, at least in the first half before substitutions were having to be made with Robert Taylor, there as the left wing back. We talked about it on the post game show about the position he was in going forward, the position he was in defensively, whether he was picking up the Orlando right back or dropping into the line. It all was very dependent on ball placement and when Orlando had the ball, but when Miami were on the ball was where he was getting into those advanced positions. And I think that that, is the advantage of playing this type of style with a question mark over the left back position in general, because Noah Allen by himself isolated in the back four in a final may not be the route. I, all credit to Noah Allen. I, I have talked so highly about him the last couple of weeks. I've talked highly about him since he signed for into Miami last March, but he's still 19 years old. He doesn't have the size and physical strength as of right now to maybe take that role in a final match against a, a stronger Houston Dynamo side, playing him as a third center back, you get a little bit of help both on, on both sides of him and you get the freedom to make the passes going up to Robert Taylor. So with all of that said in the first half against Orlando, Miami controlled the possession away from home against a rival opponent. Surprisingly, away from yes. Home. Yeah, so let's, let's, I, I think that the back five has this stigma of being super defensive but when I think of Robert Taylor and DeAndre Yedlin at ring at wing back, I don't think of that as defensive fullbacks, you know, in a in a role that limits them offensively. If anything, they get to swing with the momentum of the ball and be used as wingers and be used as attackers to help aid the offense that's most likely going to need it if Messi is not going to be there. I do think that Fadia starts alongside Leonardo Campana, and we'll get to that in just a second. And that'll help offensively. You'll probably have a midfield of Busquets, Kermashki, and Arroyo. That could help a little bit too. I think that the back five is the most solid option, not only defensively, but also to get your numbers forward in positions that are advantageous for Inter-Miami without Lionel Messi. And I'm talking about on the wings. They struggled to play the ball through the middle. I think that the focus will have to be more on the wings, and that's where Robert Taylor as a wingback will step in. And I don't want the back five to be looked at too much of as a defensive formation because at times in the first half it wasn't as much in the first half as it was in the second but at times in the first half it looked like a back line of four you can freeze frame it at any moment you can see that Noah Allen was a lot you know closer to the line with Robert Taylor in a forward position so it switches it's fluid I think that they understand and the game against Orlando told me and showed me that they understand the roles that they need to be in for this formation to be successful the personnel is very important because there is a lot to take in. It's all about the moment of the game and the flow of the game and how the ball is moving in the match, where players are positioned. We saw that Icelandic right back for Orlando uh, trying. I don't know if he's Icelandic or Norwegian, one or the other, one of those Scandinavian countries. I don't know if he was 
like he was told to, to man mark him at times. He was trying to get around him and Robert Taylor was doing a really, really good job defensively. So with all of that said, I think we see a back line of five and Gian, I just don't want you to look down on it. I really don't. I really, really, really don't want you to look down on it because I think that they could still profit offensively from it. That messes up the, the well, I don't, well, we can talk about yeah, it I after because I don't want to get ahead of us, but that messes up the front too. Like I, I okay, that, let's, let's they're talk dependent about on Messi. Like I, it's yeah, gonna be, sure. you know, because it's yeah, it's dependent on Messi. I think I think that's true, and this is where I, we can start to progress into those conversations about the front and the midfield. And I'm going to start off with Joseph Martinez here, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube down the bottom. And and the question is: Is time finally up, or is this final going to be kind of the last draw with Joseph? Because what we saw against Orlando was dare I say like sickening I, I just didn't feel like he was putting in the effort that an inter Miami striker should have been putting in and I I, lo- I rewatched the game the the amount of times that he misplaced very simple passes couldn't connect on one twos there was a play early in the first half or in the middle of the first half and I want to go back and find it where Noah Allen pressured from his center back position all the way to the back line of Orlando and won the ball. The ball would have been in place for Joseph Martinez and he yeah, didn't I follow know. up. I know. He didn't I know follow exactly up. He wasn't there to yeah. press. And Noah Allen ran back to the back line frustrated as hell. He was not happy with Joseph Martinez. And those are moments in a match against a rival away from home that can completely turn the game on its head. And I just think that with the Farias option there to play alongside Campana in a front two, throwing three men in the middle, five men at the back. That's how I'm sticking it. It's the most solid uh, formation for them from front to back. And to answer the question, I do think that shortly here, Joseph's time will be up. I think Campana is going to get the number nine position for him and him only. And obviously if Messi plays, you know, later in the match to start the match, it is what it is, but I think Campana will be there no matter what. And I, I don't know. It's Tata Martino, so Joseph might start, but I don't know if he should. I think it's going to be Joseph or Facundo Farias that starts in it. And if it's not Farias, then there will be hell to pay. <laughs> what yeah. I mean. It's yeah, kind yeah. of how I think about, you know, that. that. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, like I've said in the past, if in this, especially tomorrow, for example, if it's a game where it's a one, it's a one goal game, whether it's a tie or up a goal or down a goal, et cetera, and it's the 65th or 70th minute, I could totally see myself being like, oh, good, Joseph's coming in the game to try and get us a goal towards the end of the game because he's clever and he's smart and he's still, you know, a very good striker. To start the game, especially, especially, especially if there's no messy when there's people everyone's going to have to step up and really fill spaces and have a 100% work rate the whole game just you can't start him if it's it's either a front two of Farias and Campana or maybe like in a quasi maybe front, front three with Robert Taylor or if it's a front three with Farias, Campana and Messi that's kind of the only way I I see it unfolding yeah I hope jo- you're a lot more positive on Joseph than I am. Um, but, man, yeah, Joseph's time has been up for a while, in my opinion. Um, what would you be saying if Leo Campana was not Ecuadorian? Mm. I'm just curious. <laughs> well, <laughs> Would he be at you, this level? 
<laughs> nah, it do, it doesn't have to do with the fact that he's like that he's Ecuadorian. And I mean, I think it's like a little very, bit. Well, I mean, I kind of just, like, it, it tugs at my heart a little bit. I, I will say, I, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him, even though they won't take him to the national team, unfortunately. No, he's but, a mess. He's a mess. Yeah, but I so I think that um, with Joseph, it's it's tough because he doesn't. I don't know. I think he he at some point in time he lost. I think that like killer instinct where mm. it was I'm gonna score try to score however I can. I'll figure out a way. doesn't matter if you place a bad pass to me. It doesn't matter if I've got to try to, like, you see Campana do things like that last goal that he scored where he flicked it over the defender. I don't think, I don't think Joseph would even thought to do that. He would have looked for some, uh, for a pass or something. So I think that that's one of the tough things with Joseph is he's not goal first mind. He doesn't have a goal first mindset. And I keep hearing from people that defend Joseph that you know oh he opens up the spaces he makes a run and opens up the space i'm like that's not what your forward is supposed to be doing like that's not your main not that's sorry that's not the main job of your forward you don't you don't bring a guy in as a forward because he makes good runs to open up the space for others like you know or well, or passes i think in my opinion. i think that there is some advantages to doing that but i don't even think joseph does that either to be honest with you like i don't think he's been Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C he's put himself in positions to get the ball in behind or had to have anybody make those kinds of passes or draw defenders at all. And also I, I don't even know if the defenders will give him that kind of respect anymore. I he don't think he's that type of player. He doesn't have that respect from, so I, I from, yeah. from the opposing defense, which I think is actually makes it tough for us because it's like, it's one less person that they have to pay attention to, meaning that they can add extra eyes on Messi, on Facundo, on Campana, if he's still in the game. So I, I think that that's kind of where I'm at with Joseph. Unfortunately, I don't, I think his time is up. Um, and then, you know, as far as the front line, I think we've got a man, you've got Campana, you've got Farias, you've got Messi, you've got Taylor, those four guys, man, they all, in my opinion, do more than, than hmm. Joseph does. You've got a great four to, to pick and choose where you want to uh, place them. And then obviously with Kremaski, Add that into the mix, and you've got a, an insane attack, insane playmaking. Uh, I mean, this team really is exciting to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, it's you know we we uh, I think this is definitely the one thing we we all agree on, um, which is sometimes hard to do. But we we definitely agree on the fact that that Joseph probably isn't the answer right now for Inter Miami's attacking options if Messi is in or out. Um, I, I that 
I think should have literally no effect on Joseph Martinez if Messi's playing or not. I don't think that Joseph Martinez should be playing. Like I, I just I just don't see it. Now, what that means for the front line, I, we you know we can we can talk about that all, all day because Gian has said that he wants four at the back. Ashley wants to start Kamal Miller. I don't want any whoa, of that. Whoa, 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 whoa. So look, I, I'm <laughs> I saying to you, he is in Inter Miami's eyes, he is their starting center back duo. Him and Aviles, it's he played amazing up until the last like two games where he was clearly fatigued and making mistakes. It's been amazing for the last two and a half months. He's put in, yeah, I do. I, he does deserve some flowers, sure. For, for he's the starting he's, center he back for Canada. I, I kind like, of agree. I agree. When he's not giving the ball I, away, he's making good passes. The same. What? So, look, I, I did praise him after the match, and I, I did say that with, with Kamal Miller, like, he was the one, when he came on in the second half, like, trying to break the Orlando Lions, trying to progress the ball from his positions, making those hard passes on the ground, getting them to the Miami midfielders, and even attackers at times, which no other player in that match was doing. And we kind of, I kind of faulted Kremeski for it. I thought that that was kind of his role, but no, Kamal Miller was doing that from the back. Aviles has shown that he wants to do that at times somehow for some reason has kind of scared away from it. And he hasn't been doing that as much recently. Hasn't been that ball playing center back that we saw the first couple of appearances that he had. Uh, Kristoff has it in his locker, but that's not why he's on the pitch. He's more of that veteran presence kind of middle center back that you rely on for stability. For me, I, I don't see if Kristoff is healthy. Kamal Miller starting. I really think it's going to last all of our last semi and finals and important games who started center back. Sure. But that's because he was in decent form. He's he had two games where he, he he's the last against um, Toronto and Atlanta. But before that, I think even the literal game before that he was my man of the match. Okay. Let me, let me say this. If Kristoff didn't get injured and Aviles didn't pick up yellow cards, and they were able to go 90 minutes, we wouldn't be having this conversation about Kamal Miller. No, I guess we would, because I would have said he was rested. No, I, I think he got dropped. I really think he got dropped. And I think if that if they would have put on a, a, the performance that they did against Orlando, those three center backs together in a back five, this conversation for me is, yeah, you just play the same three guys again, because they played well. And I don't think that you change that. If it's not broke, don't fix it, whatever the saying is. like I, I really It think- wasn't broke for the 12 unbeaten before. It, but it broke the last couple of matches, and I broke believe against he got, Atlanta. But that was it broke for everybody. Sure, and, and against what was it after Atlanta, Toronto? Yeah, we won four zero. Right, but in the last fifteen minutes of the match, how scary was that? When we were up four zero, I wasn't scared at all. Or sorry, I meant well. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the SKC game. I think I'm thinking of the SKC game before that. When we were missing nine of our starting players. Sure. Sure, but at the same time, it was still a competitive lineup. Look, I'm I'm not saying that I'm like Kamal Miller's number one fan. I guess we're just having to figure anything <laughs> where I think like he is he's he's part of the starting like he's one of the bona fide starting eleven, and he's a bona fide starting center back for us. I just whether I love him or not, I just I don't know how we're we're just seeing it differently. Like I, think I don't. He's I the think number three. I think he's the number really? three. Really? Yeah, I would say he's the number three. Behind Kristoff and Avila. Yeah, and you've been so quiet. 
Just yeah, because I've been enjoying this. I've been enjoying this. Sorry. Specifically uh, that Kamal Miller. Right, so funny. I'm not even a Kamal Miller fan. In my opinion, I think he no, I'm not a Kamal. I'm not a Kamal. I'm not a Kamal Miller fan either. But I think that it's Kamal Miller over Kristoff. I, I, I think. Mm. I, I, and the but reason I, the so reason much. I think so. Kristoff is so old. Yeah, yeah no, because I think I think Kamal Miller's faster than Kristoff. I think he's he has not, more. But not by much. Kamal Miller is not fast by any means. I don't think that you're putting. I don't think that you're putting Miller in over Kristoff because of his pace. There's, it's too close to call. Who do you think passes better out of the backfield, Kristoff or Miller? I don't think that it matters because I think that if Kristoff is sitting in the middle of the center backs and you're playing a back five, and this is kind of is very dependent on the formation, but if you're playing a back five and Kristoff is there and I have Aviles and Noah to either side, then I'm I feel secure in my my passing out of the back. Okay, well. And I don't I think, think that Kamal Miller is that much of an upgrade on Kristoff in terms of pace or passing, genuinely. I think he's I think he's a huge upgrade over Kristoff. And so, I mean, like he I yeah, he hasn't given me a reason over, like I said, through all of August and half of September, where he's had to play every single minute and literally did not get one minute off for nine months, played in every single big match with Messi literally did his job to the fullest I just yeah like I and Kristoff was dropped in July and August because he was not playing fast enough and he wasn't he was he went on international duty he went on international duty he wasn't dropped before internet for leaks cup he didn't play in the last four games did he not start the final no I think I have to look but yeah okay I mean, we'll agree to disagree, and I guess we'll see yeah, tomorrow yeah, yeah. moving forward. But this is such a funny conversation, too, because what people are going to say on this Messi and Co., why'd you guys spend 20 minutes talking about <laughs> Kamal Miller? I'm a U.S. Well, because we don't know if Messi's going to play. But, yeah, that's so funny. We just, I guess we, we don't know until we know. But, yeah, I mean, if it's between them two, I, I don't – Kamal Miller, I think, is ahead of Kristoff. Man. Especially in the eyes of Tata, forget the eyes of me. In the eyes of Inter Miami, like Kristoff is not the future of their center pack duo that they're trying to grow. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, man, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Do you guys Never just want to talk about this and skip? Like we just yeah, forget right. about everything Hi, else. Everybody. No, no, we we should move on. We should move on. <laughs> we should. No, okay. So uh, also just to Kristoff and Miller started the final together. So Aviles no didn't start. Oh, because Aviles had not gone there yet. That's I my. Yeah, I forgot I don't about Aviles. No, he was on the. He was. He was on the bench. For Kazoo's, he right. He got like registered two days before or something like that. Well, it says he, he says he was on the bench. So I, I think that. Um... Right, but like I mean, he joined the team like that week. Yeah, I, I doubt yeah, that he yeah. was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think that he was fully available. Um, yeah. Anyway. Ooh, that was fun. Fun center back conversation that has nothing to do with Messi, but it does have to do with about center backs. (laughs) (laughs) But I just Um, yeah, I don't know why we've we're going to war over it. Let's get to Tata Martino's last uh, topic that uh, Gian brought up, and it was about the the final and and what that means, kind of for Inter Miami going forward. Um, You know, if if Miami are to win this, they have their they have two finals under their belt for twenty twenty three. They have a, a playoff push that they're in not necessarily the best position, but they're in a very much improved position from where it was before. And I must say it is extremely reachable. I saw something earlier from one of the athletic guys talking about how it's, you know, they're, I forget what the terminology he used, but saying that it's almost impossible pretty much for Miami to go ahead and, and make the playoffs or it's too tall of a task or something like that's not the case at all whatsoever. 
Um, they've only been improving on their position. Granted, they're still in 14th place, but that's a little bit um, misleading considering yeah. the yeah considering the position on the or the points on the table and that position rather than the actual number position. And when you take into account the teams that they're playing coming up and where they stand on the table, I mean, they have a direct game against New York City FC on Saturday, which for me is actually the decider for playoffs or not. That that really is could be the decider, I should say. Um, but we'll talk about that in a later show. If they win this final, or depending on the result of this final, do you continue to push for the playoffs? That's kind of where the question is right now. And I think that all of us will agree. I think, I don't know with this Kamal Miller stuff. I don't know if we're all agreeing anymore. <laughs> um, do, do they continue to fight on because, and if they don't, then obviously yes, because you go ahead and go and try and get a second, second, you know, trophy, if you can try and make the playoffs, but I don't think there's any reason not to, I really don't, whether Messi's there or not, it's not like this team's going to stop fighting. You don't just throw in the towel, but this final, is very important for the fact that they can have two trophies in a single season for obviously the first time ever, because they never even had one. So where do you guys stand on that? How do you guys see the future of Inter Miami after this final post U S open cup final? Uh, and then we'll talk about the Houston dynamo. Um, so obviously the importance of winning your second cup. I mean, you, you won one, the, 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 the league's cup, which was just incredible. First season, right. first season for Tata as a coach, first season for Messi, Alba, Busquets, a team that was, man, in the pits, like the first half of the season through injuries, through adversity, through everything that they've gone through, through coaching changes. Man, like, it's just insane the fact that they were able to pull off just one cup. If you can do two, that's, I don't, I don't know if anything has been done in the history of MLS like this I, I don't know I, I feel like probably not so that in, in and of itself is incredible and if you I, I think it's already a successful season for me it's already a successful season you can end it yeah. right now and this was a successful season get two cups uh lost for words but after that man if you get two cups and you can make it to the playoffs after being what were we out by like 20 something points weren't we i think I, we were, yeah a I, lot I think, yeah lot. we were i mean that, that you would have said this six four four three four months ago there's no way you're making it to the playoffs you make it to the playoffs and give yourself a chance to win a third title and i know there's people have been i i got some backlash on this on my idea of this being a treble saying like oh it's not a treble this is a you know league's cup doesn't count whatever like i don't care to me it's a, just mm -hmm. a it's How, a treble. What, what other what other competition other than it's a supporter shield uh, and i'm like whatever that's like, an mls treble but that's that's very different yeah so to me this is an opportunity at a treble man like that would be insane. So I think that to your point, there's no way they're, they're going to stop with or without Messi starting or getting limited minutes. No player with that possibility is going to say, yeah, whatever, you know, we're done. No, they, they want more. Messi wants more. We've said this again in other pods, seeing how he reacts to each and every game. When they're not playing right, he gets, he's pissed and he wants his team to do, to, to step it up and win. When he tied against Nashville, 0-0, visibly frustrated because he takes every game seriously. So the competitor in Messi makes me think 
that if he could, if we're mathematically in it and if he's healthy or even 70% healthy, he's going to try to be on that field to make sure we get to the uh, MLS playoffs. And without Messi, look, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but the team that we have without Messi, I think is enough to make, get us to the playoffs and to mm -hmm. win games with Jordi there, with Busquets there, with Farias. Yeah. Sure. And, so I, I, you know, we've got Charlotte twice. I believe we have Columbus. We have New York City. Those are teams that I think we can Chicago, beat. Yeah. Or Chicago. Is it Chicago, Chicago instead Cincinnati. of Columbus? Not Columbus. Cincinnati. Yeah, so Chicago. I think those are the four that I have no doubt that we can win without Messi. Cincinnati's the only question mark that I, I see. New York City, they've been one of the hotter teams in MLS as of late, as of late. Yeah, but I, I I have I have enough confidence in this team from what I've seen, especially when what I saw against Orlando yeah, City. Sure. Yeah. What we just saw without Messi, I think that it wasn't it was man that really showed me what this team is made of. So I'm very confident that we can keep it going. Yeah. So I I I agree. I would say maybe not as like passionately in terms of that i think that they're as passionate about the playoffs this is i'll say it like this i think tomorrow is in their eyes like the moment of the season and it's mm. the the most important game of the season which is why i also think like that's why i, I and i think it's for messi too like I, that's why i i think he may start we'll see we'll see 100 we'll see but um I think that that's number one is, is tomorrow and they're willing to, I don't want to say like risk people getting injured or, you know, ruining people for months, like not nothing like that, but I think they'd rather get every ounce of every player tomorrow. And then after that, take it game by game, you know, like best case scenario tomorrow, everyone, you know, plays at some capacity that is available to play. We win. It's awesome. And they want to keep the momentum going. And that's great. Another scenario is that we play tomorrow and we win and it's amazing, but it, it takes out the legs of some people. And, you know, by, for Saturday's game, we don't start as many people as we right. would like to start right. and we drop the points and then it's kind of a battle. Like I can totally see that happening as well. And while I obviously, I think they're going to try and, you know, if, if they can make the push, they will. Tomorrow's a priority bar none. Yeah. And it sucks because you mentioned the, um, you know, the game on Saturday and if this game tires them out or if they really just go all for it and try and win this final, I said it, this is that New York city game on Saturday kind of, I'm not going to say decides playoffs for inter Miami, but with how the table is lined up and, you know, teams have been dropping points left and right. So you can't really rule them out, but this is, this would be the most important game numbers and statistically wise for, for inter Miami in the playoff push, because right now, they're sitting five points out from ninth place, which New York City FC holds. Obviously have the two games in hand. If Miami win this match on Saturday, they go up to 35 points, keep New York City FC on 37, and then still have two more games in hand, only being two points out. Like that game changes the trajectory of your playoff push like monumentally because of where New York City FC stand and where the other teams stand too that are that are in between them. They have the game against Chicago who are sitting in 12th. They have the two games against Charlotte FC who are sitting in 13th. You know, those games will obviously be important as well, but the New York City FC one because they're in that playoff spot and they aren't far away from you in terms of points, 
that is the most important one. And it's, you know, the timing of it with the final being, you know, just a couple days prior is hard for Inter Miami to have to deal with. It was hard for them to have to deal with the Orlando game, but all signs point to they are a deep enough team to go ahead and be able to do it. That's one thing that we've talked about in, in previous podcasts that this team got really deep over the summer, really, really deep. Those six additions, the three U22s still don't know anything about Diego Gomez, but the three U22s, the three DPs or two DPs and Jordi Alba, um, you know, and, and possibly players returning back from injuries, Jean Mota and Gregory later on, hopefully in October, if they're able to get the, you know, get back onto the pitch. I mean, you got options left and right. And Tata Martino is not shy to use and exhaust all of those options in a match when needed. And so to Gian's point about being able to reach it, whether Messi is there or not, or whether he's a hundred percent or not, still think it's on the table and i still think it's something that oh, these players sure. are going to want to go for one million percent so to call it off because of messi's you know fitness levels and his and his physical levels is kind of just blasphemous in my opinion to, to yeah. take away from Stephen a i mean I, I i don't understand people saying that kind of stuff because this team has proven they can do it without him they did it against sporting kansas city they Almost did it against Orlando, but we're in a really tough environment. They're going to be home to New York City FC. They've got a weak Chicago side on the road. They've got a home game against Charlotte. There is chance, and I think they've got the home game against Cincinnati as well. That that helps them so much. So I, I don't think that win or lose this final, there will be questions about Inter-Miami's competitive levels in MLS and their push for the playoffs. There might be questions about Lionel Messi's. Obviously, Tata Martino has said that you know, that won't be the case. And if he's fit, he's going to play. But from a realistic standpoint, you've got to look to 2024 regarding Lionel Messi and Lionel Messi only because you've won, the, you've won the two finals and you're going into 2024 with now more games than you had in 2023 because of the CONCACAF Champions Cup. So I think regarding Lionel Messi, maybe there is a little bit of a question mark, but in reality, Messi's going to probably want to play as well. He is competitive in and of itself. So, you know, I don't rule anything out and I definitely don't rule into Miami out of a playoff push if they win on Wednesday, which is what we are obviously all hoping for. I um, also really quickly, I think the, yeah. the, the two things can also be true at the same time where tomorrow is the priority mm-hmm. and, and, you know, if certain players, you know, and it should be quote unquote risk it all for tomorrow. I think that that can be true. And also it can be true that, it's going to be a playoff push because we're professionals and we're going to try and win every single game. But that could also, you know, like I said, some of the stars that we've seen in some of our top performing players, maybe their minutes are reduced, you know, for Saturday. And then it's a game by game basis. I think the first 45 minutes tomorrow will be very indicative of not the effort that Inter Miami will put in for the rest of the season, but who plays and at how much they play. I think a lot of that will be decided with the first 45 minutes tomorrow based on just, you know, how much is needed out of everyone, yeah. how everyone plays, etc. Like I still think tomorrow's a priority, but that doesn't mean at all that they're not going to try and win every game moving forward. And maybe if they can, a best case scenario is that you get Messi back for the playoffs. You know, if, if, if it comes to a point where he does get to play tomorrow and he really pushes himself and, you know, they think he needs to rest or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I don't think there's any plan to rest anybody after the final tomorrow. I think that if anything, 
Tata and his his team have proven that to them it's all day to day, and they'll take it practice to practice. It's they'll day to right. See how everyone days. plays yeah. tomorrow. Because I just am meaning like you're going to see yeah. everyone put their motor tomorrow. Yeah, everybody's going to give it their all. Like if it's the last game of they don't have any more games left, they're going to give every ounce of sweat, and then. If everybody says they're hundred percent, I think they're they're gonna play. But I, I don't think they're like, you know, after tonight or rather tomorrow, uh, these people are already on paper as not playing. I, oh, I for sure not. Yeah. For sure not. Yeah. So I, I want to get a little bit into Houston Dynamo and, and kind of talk about them as an overall squad, and then we can talk a little bit about how Miami should go ahead and attack them. First and foremost, the glaring statistic that I saw was that they have the most clean sheets in MLS, uh, 12, while other teams are tied for second with 11. So that's you know a testament to their defense. They haven't necessarily given up the least amount of goals in MLS. They're close to the top in terms of that, but they've got the most clean sheets, at least in MLS. It doesn't count for League's Cup. Um, but another stat that I just kind of realized now is that since June, I believe, 21st, Houston have only won one game on the road in all competitions. One. Oh, wow. So they, they've played a decent amount of road games since then. This is one of those teams that sit, you know, top four in a table in MLS that do really well at home, but aren't the best roadside team. And that's just kind of how it is in MLS. Teams struggle on the road. For this Houston Dynamo side, that has been the highlight of their season, at least since that day in June. Uh, only one game on the road they've won. So I do think that there is a massive competitive advantage. And it's going to for... be a crazy crowd tomorrow. Oh, it's, yeah, it's going to be nuts. It's Drive Pink Stadium is an advantage in and of itself because of the weather and, you know, the, the fans obviously as well. But it, it kind of just gets elevated with, you know, the final looming and, you know, all of the excitement that is around it. I mean, we saw the excitement for League's Cup matches with Lionel Messi. We, we saw the excitement from fans. I saw the excitement from fans in Nashville from Inter-Miami fans away from home. And that environment was was crazy enough. And Miami got the job done then in a somewhat hostile but also somewhat pro-Inter-Miami crowd. So I think that there is a lot to make of the home field advantage for Inter-Miami. And there might also be a lot to make of Houston Dynamo's defense. And their, their record as of late has been pretty good. They had only lost one game since the league's cup ended. Uh, and that was actually a couple of days ago to sporting Kansas city who sporting Kansas city was at home, but who Miami beat in the last couple of, you know, the last couple of weeks. So they have some really decent players as well. The, the, the first one being Ache Ache Hector Herrera, who who's, who's done really well for them. But the, the one kind of question mark for me and how Miami will go about defending is the Panamanian midfielder. And, over the last, I'll say, four seasons, really, Miami have struggled with good, creative, attacking, pass-forward-minded, and, and goal-scoring tens or midfielders in MLS. And, you know, when they come into town, I always have that kind of, all right, how do they go ahead and tackle this? What kind of man-marking will Tata Martino have for Karaskia? I don't know, but, you know, with the Houston Dynamo and also a really good defensive team, or sorry, with Nashville, a really good defensive team. I had the question mark around Hani Mukhtar and how they would go ahead and, and tackle him and the, the, the effort that he brings. I'm not saying that Kataskia is on Hani Mukhtar's MVP level, but he's still a really, really good player who is, is 
kind of somebody they look for to help generate offense and kind of keep possession. They've also, I think they're also top 10 or top 15 in possession held within MLS. So a side that really probably won't back down to Miami. I don't know if that's going to help or hurt them. Uh, but I think that Houston has a lot to offer and it's not a side at least right now who have again, only lost one match since leagues cup ended that you can take lightly, like a, a Toronto FC, if you will, like we did when we beat them four nil. Um, it was a little bit of an easier match. I think that this is going to be very similar to that of a Nashville match in in the terms of what the final result will be, how the game will go. It's going to be a little bit more closed, I think, in my opinion. That's if Messi plays or not. I think Houston's going to try and be really, really solid defensively and control numbers in midfield. And it's going to make for a tight, tight match. Maybe one like we saw against Orlando. Orlando kind of opened up a little bit in the second half, but I think it's going to be really tight nonetheless. Um, overall, guys, what are you what are you expecting from Miami's efforts in this match, and how might they go ahead and try and tackle the Houston Houston Dynamo? Um, I can start if you want, Gian, for this one. Yeah. I would say a couple of things. One hundred percent that Drive Pink Stadium is going to be a huge advantage, huge competitive a competitive advantage because whether Messi is starting or not, that stadium is going to be full. Uh, number two, while obviously Kramaski is going to be for our midfield three is going to be the quote-unquote attack-minded midfielder, I would say we have Sergio Busquets and they don't. And so, (laughs) you know, and we have him in a final and they don't. And, you know, he will play exactly where he's needed, whether it's more defensively or if he needs to be more creative and Arroyo is more defensively. He'll do exactly what's needed and he'll do it to, I think, close to perfection. So that's a big game changer. And also, whether he starts or not, we have Messi and they don't. And so until those those uh, things change, I would bet on us offensively and I'd bet on us to have playmakers. I um, so you and you and I had a similar stat, which is funny. So um, I think you counted one more game than I did because uh, I saw that they had actually gone 10 games in a row without winning away. They had tied five and lost five and i think you counted one more which is probably the one they won i think they beat uh if i'm not mistaken they beat they beat salt lake away from home on august 26th 3-0 did they it, it was away from home you sure yeah yeah well okay so the point is though the the point i think remains the same they are a team that struggles away oh, from home. They're a team that have found the most positive re- results at home. So I think that I agree with you. That they definitely have um, Inter Miami definitely has that going for them. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not all that afraid of Houston uh, at all. I'm not afraid of them at all. I I'm not afraid of anything. Gian's never, like, we'll take, never. We'll take prime Barcelona. I'm not afraid of them because I feel like it's also. I think Inter Miami is coming in with the momentum. I think Inter Miami is coming with more um, going, I, I think, right, going for them, especially after the Orlando game and, and just riding with confidence, knowing that they were able to come out with a strong result without Messi. And they they proved that they could have even come out with the win should some things have. I, I know that there, there'll be debate on that because, yeah, Orlando had their missed chances, but I think that same way that 
people say Orlando could have come out with that win. I think that Inter Miami also had some chances that if they would have capitalized, they could have actually come out with the win. They made a very competitive game against a top-seeded Eastern team. So I think that they're coming in with a ton of confidence. On the other hand, you've got Houston that's coming off a loss uh, against a team that was down one man since the 39th minute. And not the best team i think they're i think sporting kansas city is like in 10th place or something like that if i'm not mistaken so i think that you know they're kind of writing off a downer so i think that that all is also going to be helpful for inter miami not to mention i we we're we're finals we have finals experience we've came off a final so we know what it feels like to play against an excellent team in the finals we know what the pressure feels like our young guys have felt that pressure. So I think that that's also a, po a, a net positive for us. And then I think that Messi, if Messi plays, that's just, I mean, if even if Messi doesn't play, I feel confident that we'll, we'll play uh, a very good game against them. I don't think, I don't think if we play without Messi that Houston's going to come in and whoop our butts, but you throw Messi in there, and, and the availability of Busquets, even though, unfortunately, we don't have Alba, man, I, I really don't think it's going to be as close a game. I don't think it's going to be like a, you know, a, a tie game, a 1-1 game, a close game like Orlando. I really think that, while it might not be what we say in Spanish, una goleada, like we're going to, you know, just completely whoop them. I do think it's going to be a much, uh, a, a team, uh, I think it's going to be a game where Inter Miami is going to show why they are levels above Houston. Um, and then in regards just to tactics, yeah, I think they play a 4-2-3-1. I believe that's how Houston plays. So I think that's going to be important for Inter-Miami. They've shown when they get pressured up front that they sometimes have difficulty getting that ball out, especially when pressure that turns into counterattacks. So I think that that's going to be very important to make sure they're precise when coming out. I think that their lone striker is going to be right up against our defensive line, waiting to get a ball over Mom the Miller. heads. No, of, yeah. <laughs> 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 Mom Miller. So are, they're definitely going to be right on our line, waiting to get those balls over uh, over top in the air. So I think that Inter Miami is going to have to be just very cognizant of the fact that they're going to try to get balls in behind uh, with that lone striker being um, right up against our line. So I think that it comes down to the defense. If our defense can play well, I think that we'll, we won't have too many difficulties. I think that that's where the most difficulty can come out of if the mm -hmm. defense is not, uh, I think, concrete and all on the same level and making sure that they're accurate. And then up front, uh, they're going to play with a back line of four that I think that we'll be able to, depending on the lineup, I think that Campana is going to put a lot of pressure on them. I think that if Robert Taylor's in there, if Farias is in there, and then on top of, on the top, on top of that, Messi's in there, I think that, we can see quite a few, quite a few goals uh, with that. So we need to get uh, a house divided license plate. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent for sure. We do. Yeah, no, because you guys think it's going to be a lot closer. I don't think it's well, going to be that. No, no, I gonna... mean, I mean about Kamal Miller. Like mine will say Kamal, oh. and yours will say Kristoff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I want to add to your point, Gian. Even though I literally just said this was going to be a close game, um, I'm actually going in deeper down a rabbit hole of Houston's away form in MLS. And it's <laughs> yeah. awful. It is. They, they are. Is it, like it, a final is a final. You, you hope it's a blowout, but you know, a final is a final. You see people pulling out their best stops. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that Houston will still be competitive. I still will stand by it being a close game, but numbers wise, 
Uh, Houston, if it is just down to away matches, would be 13th out of 14th in the Western Conference. And they've scored 11 goals and conceded 25. For reference, uh, at home, Houston would be the best team in the Western <laughs> Conference. And I've only conceded 10 goals while scoring 31. Meaning, How of the 35... for this? Say again? How did we get home field advantage for this game? Uh, so the way U.S. Open Cup works is every single round, the teams that are entered at that round have to apply for hosting. Oh. And the hosting draw is done before each round. Uh. So before the semifinals, there was a hosting round for the semifinal and the final. I do remember this, yes. Super and whoever weird. has Messi gets the home game. That's <laughs> yeah. how it works. Well, they didn't get the semifinal, <laughs> hey, right? Bill so- not bought. <laughs> Cincinnati got the semifinal hosting priority, and that's why Miami played away. So you'd think, like, okay, if Miami don't have the priority for the semifinal, how do they have it for the final? Well, no, there was a completely separate draw for the hosting of the final. Don't ask me the, the logistics behind something that. something new every day. They, they beat out Houston. I think that they were actually – second in terms of priority it would have been salt lake or sorry yeah no it would have been salt lake if salt lake beat houston and we would have had to been traveling to to sandy utah but luckily enough we're at drive pink stadium but yeah our last final was away and the semifinal was away so i'm glad we had the home game we deserve it we absolutely deserve it um and last thing houston that those two numbers in terms of goals conceded over 70 percent of the goals that they've conceded in mls have come from away from home so I, I think that, you know, to Gian's point about the offense and playing a little bit better and, and having that advantage numbers wise completely checks out given the goal scoring streak that Miami have had since July 21st. And given the streak that Houston have been on away from home in in the league uh, and going into into this final. So, I mean, there's a lot to take in there. And, and with all of that said, we're we're going to go ahead and round out the show with our favorite thing to do predictions. And they're brought to you by Simplify. If you guys haven't already, please, if you need simple IT for your company, um, your, your business, any small or medium sized business locally or abroad here from South Florida, check out Simplify. It's all simple IT for you. They do maintenance, they do upkeep, and they will actually go ahead and start everything for you as well. So you can reach out to 888-294-2003 or you can go ahead and just go to Simplify.com, and that is who's sponsoring our predictions today. Thank you to everybody at Simplify. Eric, my man, thank you so much. Um, but let's do this. Let's get into our predictions. I don't know who I want to start with. Um, I think I, I, I know which way everyone's kind of leaning, but um, I'm, I, I have, I have a, I'll start. I will say that this game will be 1-1 going into extra time and Miami find the winner. 2-1 to win the final. No penalties. Miami win 2-1 in extra time. That's that's my prediction. I still do really need to go back and check all of our predictions to see how well we've done because I can't remember for the I've life won of me. everything. <laughs> Which is probably true. Your predictions are spot on, lineup or numbers-wise. Um, but yeah, Ashley, go go ahead. What, what are you thinking for, for this one? Miami wins 3-1. Vamos Inter. Mm, okay, that's more in line with what I thought what Gian was going to say. But this I know, that's Gian. why I like to I like to throw curveballs. Gian's going to say like 7-0. You can say the same score. <laughs> that was literally what I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say, 
I was going to say 3-1. I think it's definitely a 3-1 game. I don't think it's going to be uh, close because just I, be- I believe too much in, in Inter's offense. I'm shaking, gonna, I'm shaking on the defense, but the offense, I you can't deny Miami's I'll, offense. I'll be even more specific. We're going to be winning 2-0, and they're going to score one in the second half to make it 2-1, and then we put it away in the 80th minute. Does that mean Messi comes on after they make it 2-1? Messi, Messi start. starting, sisters. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That's so, yeah, my... Messi starting, Messi starting. It's, okay. if it, I mean, I, and it's also for sure me, like, projecting. Like, I want Messi to start in this yeah. final at home. And I, I just, knowing him and his drive, I just, I would think he would want to, too. But if it's out of everyone's control and he has to come in the second half, that's fine. But I'm just saying if it's what everyone wants, including him, I would like if he started. Fair, fair enough. All right. Well, that was a, a long, great, informative Debated. Come on, Miller uh, and Co. Come on, Miller. <laughs> uh, final preview. A ton of fun here on Messi and Co. Thank you so much. If you guys stick around all the way to the end, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we're doing content like this all the time, pre-game, post-game, you know, throughout the week on our Twitter, on our YouTube page here at Five Reasons Sports Network, uh, and any of your podcast platforms. Go ahead and type in Messi in the search bar. Uh, and follow the show, download the episodes, rate the show as well. It does us a huge, huge favor. We, we'll take feedback as well. Uh, and speaking of feedback and, and interacting with you guys tomorrow at the final, or if you're listening to this tonight at the final, we will be there. If you see one of us, say hi, reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, it would be awesome to connect with you guys, maybe even record some content with with some of the fans of Inter Miami and Lionel Messi to get thoughts on the final. We're going to bring to you as much coverage as possible so you're absolutely going to want to be following Messi and Co on Twitter. So if you haven't already, go ahead and follow Messi and Co. A lot of the pregame and during the game content will be there. It does us a huge huge favor um and obviously you get to interact with us as well. So we'll be around at the final kickoff is just after 8:30 p.m. um follow us on Twitter. Again, the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever it is go ahead and check out the show. And if you're listening or watching here on YouTube, subscribe to the five reasons sports network, YouTube channel, hit the like button, turn on the notification. So you know exactly when Messi and co goes ahead and posts their post game preview or any other content coming to you guys uh, in the coming months with Messi and into Miami for Gian, for Ashley and for myself, everybody at Messi co and for five reasons sports. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you guys possibly with a trophy in hand. See everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 